Welcome, Warner, to our latest episode of Veteran Voices, the Warner Enterprises podcast for everything veteran. I'm Adam. I'm an Associate Director of Safety here at Warner. Uh, and in the studio today with me, I've got Greg Ham, Vice President of Field and Government Recruiting. And I also have Bill Williams, the founder of Patriotic Productions. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Would you take a few minutes and just introduce uh, yourself to the audience and also tell us a bit about Patriotic Productions? Well, I'll explain how it got started. Um, about a dozen years ago, um, the World Herald did a story about Lonnie Ford. And Lonnie Ford is a now retired school teacher from Pinder, Nebraska, lost his son Joshua in Iraq in 2006. And the story was about Lonnie's concern that his son would be forgotten. So Yvonne and I read the story, came up with the idea to create an exhibit of the pictures of Nebraska's fallen in Iraq and Afghanistan. And proud to say until COVID hit, that Nebraska exhibit had been booked every week, not a week off since January 2nd of 2011, all over the state. And it's still seen by thousands because it's, it's, being booked again. So we went on, went on and created 18 more of these state-specific exhibits of the fallen Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, the original idea was to create one for every state. Well, when we did Texas, who has lost 600, to put that in perspective, uh, Nebraska's is 40 foot long, as is Kansas, as is Iowa, South Carolina, a few more states that we did. Uh, Texas is 200 feet long because they've lost so many. These are all native sons and daughters. We did California. They've lost the most 710 native sons and daughters of the state, Iraq, Afghanistan. So the problem was we were having uh, difficulty finding indoor space for these exhibits. So that's when we decided to create a national memorial. And that's what we call the Remembering Our Fallen Tribute Tower. So there's 34 towers that contain over 5,300 of the fallen in the war on terror since 9-11. It's the only memorial like it in the country. People think about the Vietnam walls. There's four of them that have been traveling for decades. Well, the obvious difference is this is current and it's pictures. And my wife, Yvonne, people every so often will say to us, so the government gave you all those pictures? Uh, no, Yvonne has spent hundreds, hundreds of hours of research to find those pictures. Because think about it. If a young widow was widowed a decade ago, now she's remarried on the other side of the country under a different name. I mean, it's Colombo work. I mean, you couldn't do it without the Internet. Yeah. So that's what she'll do. She'll find the obituary survived by so-and-so and track him down or her down to get to the widow to get the pictures because it was also Yvonne's idea to ask the family for the military photo. But what really gets to people is the inset because we asked them for their favorite personal picture. So now you have a straight-ahead, unsmiling Marine but the inset of is him at the county fair when he was seven or him holding his own child. So some of the highlights on the tour, New York City for Veterans Day week, Pasadena twice for Rose Bowl week, outside football stadiums, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, 
Nebraska, Kansas, uh, New England Patriots, Armed Forces Bowl down in Fort Worth, uh, Wrigley Field, thanks to Governor Ricketts. Let me think. Pentagon, Marine Corps, Museum, Quantico, uh, Sturgis twice, headed back for the third time, and then countless county and state fairs and community celebrations and that. So we have two versions now. For just a minute, describe those towers to the listeners so they can kind of get an understanding. So what the- each, yeah, good, good idea. So the, the towers are 10 foot tall and six feet in circumference. So it takes up about three quarter size of a basketball coat court. And it's really based on a basketball, a, a, a hoop in the driveway in that once they're set up, then a fire truck pulls up fills up each of the bases with water and that's what gives them the stability to be outside because without the water, they're going to fall over. So they could be indoors or outdoors. And that was the problem with the state specific because they could only be inside. So we have two versions now. They both travel on 40 foot wrapped trailers, one east of the Mississippi river, one West. And the West one, uh, as of the time that we're taping this is in uh, outside of Los Angeles, and the east version is uh, setting up in Minnesota. So that's so that's what our mission is, and that's that's kind of how we started. Um, people know us a bit for organizing the honor flights, and we did that back in uh, started in two thousand eight. So. How long has Patriotic Productions been around? When were you Oh, about 10 years ago. We did the honor flights without forming uh, the nonprofit. We worked through the state VFW when we first got the idea. And that was, we read a magazine article about honor flight in 2007 and thought, well, why not Nebraska? So the money trickled in ever so slowly until... Valentine's Day of 08, the cell phone rang, Kara Whitney. Well, Kara Whitney's married to Dan Whitney, and most people know him by his stage name, which is Larry the Cable Guy. So Kara says, so what's it going to cost to send the first plane load of World War II vets? I said, well, just the plane is 70000 She said, done. Whoa, this is getting easier. <laughs> so we did seven World War II flights in a year's time, spring of 08 to spring of 09, raised a million two. Um, we took uh, all the honor flights. We took 3,500, but the World War II guys, there were 1,500. And uh, our final... World War II flight was Operation Airlift, April 23rd and 24th of 09. We took a 747 two days in a row, out and back, reloaded the plane, out and back again. 747 has 403 seats, 65 first class, 27 in the upper deck. We lifted off at 6 a.m. with 375 of those seats filled with red shirts, World War II guys, 90 and above. Off we go to D.C., through the trap line, which on all our flights, pretty much the same thing. World War II Memorial, over to Korea, uh, over to the Vietnam Wall, Lincoln Memorial, do a drive around so they could see the Capitol up close, uh, out to Arlington for Tomb of the Unknowns, uh, changing of the guard, over to Iwo Jima, over to Air Force, back to the airport, head home. So we're about as far west as you can be to go out and back same day. but. 
think about it. If you stay overnight, that's a whole nother yeah. animal, right? Because yeah. now you've got to have all the medicines to get them over through the night <laughs> and luggage and all of this. No thanks. Yeah. So, do all the ninety-year-olds arm wrestle for who gets first class, or how do <laughs> yeah. you choose What's the hierarchy? Well, that the sickest guys, the sickest guys go in the go in the first class. Now, what's interesting about Epley is that there's not a uh, there's no seven forty-seven. Th- there's not a well. That's not that. It's the it's the jet bridge. There's no jet bridge big enough to fit it. So, so you got to use stairs. So we had to we had a stairs up the front and a stairs up the back, and so anybody who couldn't walk, we carried them. And we had an extra 100 wheelchairs that I borrowed from all over town because a lot of guys, being greatest generation guys, say, well, I don't, I don't need a wheelchair. I can walk her. Well, then they, they get off the bus and they walk to World War II and they say, well, I'm done now. Yeah. So we better have an extra chair there. So it was, it was all kinds of detail. You can imagine with guys that old. But, um, yeah, we came back and our headquarters at that time point was the Holiday Inn Central at 72nd and Grover. So we had every room in that hotel. We had half of that comfort on the south side of Grover. And then we had more sprinkled here and there around that intersection. So got everybody off the plane, uh, back to their hotel rooms. We had a group of about a dozen guardians, helpers, men and women who went on most every flight. We call them the dream team. So most of the dream team went both days. So we all laid down for about 90 minutes, back up, out into the ballroom. Here's a different 375, just as excited as the 375 24 hours earlier. And off we went and back for a total of 750 in two days. Amazing. Yeah. The logistics just behind that alone is impressive, let alone the taking care of our veterans. What an amazing experience. Well, the, the interesting part about that is that we had a man die on the plane on our second flight. So we were the only honor flight at that time. We'd ever had anybody die on the, die on the plane. So his name was Don Dragu and he was from Crete. Don was supposed to go on our first flight. He got sick. We moved him to the second. Well, we usually don't take family members because that's a seat a veteran should be sitting in. So, um, he got his, so the second flight was out of Lincoln. Um, and so we had the pre-flight dinner at the stadium club. So he gets his picture taken with Tom Osborne and governor Heineman. And he had, I mean, he, he had COPD, heart disease, full-time oxygen, 94. So we go to DC. It's July 7th of 08. It's a hundred degrees in DC. He's having a great time. We're on the plane coming back. Yvonne always puts the sickest guys up front. So he's sitting next to his daughter. We took his daughter because he was so sick and she's an RN, Cindy. So Cindy's with him and we're 20 minutes out of the Lincoln airport, 20 minutes. He turns to Cindy and said, this has been wonderful spending this day together. And she says, dad, are you okay? Whack down, gone. So doctor's on board um, took off his concentrator and put the oxygen mask from the plane on him to make it look like he's treating him. Because what am I going to do? Go to the mic and say, ignore the man in 7B. So we land in Lincoln, flashing lights all over the runway because the pilots are radioed ahead, medical emergency. Plus the families were all up against the glass watching. So the paramedics came on, took the body off, didn't take him out the jetway. They lowered him down the side. 
her veteran off the plane walks out in front of all the families and said, one of the fellas just died on the plane. Oh. Paul Revere, he ain't, right? So we have radio, television, newspaper reporters all on board. So they all gathered around and said, what are you going to do? I said, let's go. So I went ahead and announced who he was, that he died at 11.37 p.m. A few hours later, I get a call from the Associated Press. Reporter says, what are you going to do to change your criteria health-wise on who gets to go? So this never happens again. And I laughed. I said, are you kidding me? I said, if we only take the healthy ones, we can take those two guys, put them in a taxi cab and drive them to Washington because they all have something wrong with them. We had a guy that morning collapse in line at the Lincoln airport. He was the only guy on the plane with, who was on no medicine. Some guys had a list as long as their arm. So he gets rushed to the hospital for a pacemaker. Doctor told me later, had he gotten on that plane, he said, you probably would have lost him because you couldn't have got him down fast enough. He got his pacemaker. He went on the next flight. He died a number of years ago, but we walked up to his casket with his family. And there he was dressed in his red honor flight shirt, which meant how much it meant to him to get to go. I mean, Absolutely. I've, I've been to scores of funerals in the, and at least a third of the time they're, they're wearing their shirt. But when his burial happened down at Lincoln Memorial, we came over the hill and here were 30 veterans from that second flight in their red shirts. A couple of women were on that flight, a couple of guys in wheelchairs. They formed two lines from the road to the burial site. When the family and the casket came down the line, they all stood as straight as they could mm-hmm. and offered a salute. Never forget it. So it's impressive. Yeah. I'd be Nate. Uh, wrong if I did not mention the last person that we had on this podcast was Gloria with the organization Remember Everyone Deployed. And her her whole foundation is based upon remembering those that are deployed and wearing red on Fridays. So I find it you interesting that the red shirt tie-in to the honor flight yeah, is... that's good. Absolutely. Yeah. So going back to remembering our fallen, the, sure. the portraits real quick. So I, I deployed in 18-ish, and I, my, my firstborn is old enough. He was three or four at the time, knew what I was leaving to do. And it, young kids have frank discussions with their dads when their dads are leaving for war, right? So every other word out of his mouth was, are you going to go die? Uh, so seeing those, remembering our fallen of being able to take him, now that he's grown a few years since then, we were at the Patriotic Parade in May, so a month ago, a month-ish ago, uh, in walking through that of, hey, these are my peers that I deployed with. These are the people that didn't get the chance to come home. And he's old enough to where that has an impact on him and being able to have that conversation, that it's meaningful to me and to him. So thank you for setting all that stuff up, especially thanks to your wife for doing all that research. That's not, not easy. I can't imagine putting that piece of the puzzle together and I hadn't thought about it until you said that she did all that research on the internet. That's, it's phenomenal. Oh, I mean, she has the most accurate database in the country for gold stars. I mean, the Pentagon, they don't, they don't know where these people are. They know that they're gold star, but that's it. So, I mean, it was huge amount of work. I mean, it's just, I can't even imagine how many hundreds of hours, but anyway, that's what that's what it is, and that's what our mission is, is, that these men and women who paid the ultimate. I mean, it's not World War II, right, where everybody was involved, scrap metal drives and victory gardens, and we're all in this together and the home front and all that. 
Well, as Adam, you know that, I mean, it, it was pretty much the families involved and that's, that's about it. So every parent sees those pictures and said, that could be, that could be one of mine. And so that's why we do it because we don't want them to be forgotten and uh, we want them to be honored for their, for their service. And we know gold star family members all over the country. I mean, the stories of one time it was new year's day and husband and wife were in the kitchen. They looked outside and they saw the recruiting officer and a priest walking up the sidewalk. And the wife says, honey, look, uh, Sergeant Jones is coming to visit us on New Year's Day. And he says, honey, that's not why they're here. And then other times they'll hold the doorknob because they know if they open it, as long as they don't open the door, it's not real. It's not real. I mean, it just, there's stuff that you just can't, you can't imagine. So that's why we do it. And we're just honored to do it. Talk to us a little bit about how you guys came up with the idea for the parade. Well, much of the national media narrative about America's negative, horrible, racist, awful place. Well, the vast majority of us live in Realville. And in Realville, we know how lucky we are to be Americans, that we treat people the way we want to be treated. Uh, we are the most generous, most diverse country in the world. But young people get the message, what a horrible place. So that's why we decided to do it last year. And it, for the first time out, I must say the weather was a little chilly. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but to get Lee Greenwood and to get the Budweiser Clydesdales and the World Herald put it at around 5,000 on the streets. And so many people commented about the attitude of people that they looked around and said, there's people that feel like I do, that I'm lucky to be an American <laughs> And uh, with all the trouble and the problems, but, you know, where else are you going to go? Try a weekend in Afghanistan or North Korea's fun this time of year. How about that? <laughs> How about Somalia for Christmas? So it, it's just irritating the, the constant drumbeat of how horrible we all are. Well, we don't think that's true. And so this year we went again and um, part of the concert part of it was uh, we had the gold star family members walk to the microphone and repeat the name of their, of their loved one. That was, that was very emotional. Uh, who'd we have? We had the army's Fife and drum Corps and Fort Riley's mounted patrol. And so next year it's already been decided the new central park mall, the Gene Leahy mall with that multi-million dollar upgrade uh, we've been granted uh, permission to have our parade around that next year. And in the middle is that amphitheater, which we're going tomorrow to see what it looks like. And so we're very thrilled with that because, it, you know, I don't have to rent the stage. I don't have to rent the 1,500 chairs and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we think it can be an annual event to promote patriotism. And so we're, we're excited. Well, we're super, super excited about continuing our support for the Patriotic Parade. I, I was telling these guys earlier that, uh, you know, last year I was at the parade, this year I was, I was at the parade, and, you know, it reaffirms for me um, just the overall good in humanity that you, you're right, you just don't get the sense that anyone remembers anymore how important this stuff is. Um, you know, and, and I, I walk away from that experience just reaffirmed in, in that, Generally speaking, 
you know, my fellow Nebraskans, the people here, we generally appreciate and understand the sacrifice that was made, not only by the service member, but their families. Um, and I just feel, I feel so overwhelmed with emotion when we go down there and we walk. It was just, it was outstanding. Well, I'm thrilled to have all of you involved. And now we have the, that Purple Heart inflatable. Last year we rented it from a company in Michigan. This year, the same company created it and we bought it. So now we own that. So uh, our Vietnam honor flight guy that that pulls it with his uh, pickup truck said, said we made it too big because when he gets to stoplights and trees and yeah. stuff, as you know, well, last year it wasn't that, that one last year where that was probably twice as big. It was, it was yeah. a little, it was a little unnerving. <laughs> so I thought we might have an up moment where they, yeah. they take off on us. So. Yeah. I know what you went through. So that was neat. Last year, uh, last year we were very fortunate to participate. We had about 25 associates and family members that walked in the parade with the purple heart balloon. This year we, uh, we doubled in size. We had 50 this year, big. plus the freedom truck. Um, our goal, Adam and I sat down and, and decided that uh, for 2023, our goal is to have two trucks. We'll have 100 associates and 100. family members that'll be there to walk Good uh, for hand you. Out, and hand out candy and, 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 and be part of the parade. So we're, we're very excited to continue our support. Of the, now, now listen the to this. Here's, here's the idea we have now. So we want to expand the parade. I have a feeling I'm about to be, there's an ask in here somewhere. <laughs> We want to we want to put an Americana aspect in it. So the idea is, we have trailers or hay racks the way you used to do it, but it wouldn't be hay racks; it'd be trailers. So on that trailer would be would be Bessie Ross sitting at an old sewing machine working on a flag. Right, that's one idea. Then you've got Thomas Jefferson and signing the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, and then. Um, you could have somebody as MLK, I've got a dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind sure, of thing. Sure, yeah, I guess the, the trick is, I mean, we all, and I did radio interviews and I said, I realized that thousands of kids on that Saturday morning are kicking a soccer ball somewhere in the, in the surrounding hundred miles, thousands. Uh, I encourage grandparents in particular to get involved and say, this is one Saturday you can not swing at the T-ball. You come down and stand on the curb holding a little flag and realize how lucky you are. I don't know if that works, but maybe if we can add more Americana things and maybe have kids be the characters, right? Instead of getting oh, adults be to be yeah. it, you know, we get a, a, a 14, 13-year-old to be Betsy Ross. You get, you get yeah. the idea. Yeah, that'd so, be really good. So mull that over. I'll take any suggestions. So. <laughs> can I sign my five-year-old yeah. five up now? <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely. And, and my mother-in-law is one of those grandmothers that walked away from the parade this year asking about next year and asking what the date was so she could put it on the calendar and she could drag all the grandchildren to it. So oh, that's the kind of person it, we're looking for. It's May, working. Yeah, May 27th, 23. Okay. Yeah. Super. What do you think the participation for the surrounding area was this year? You know, you said it was about 5,000. Well, people were guessing. I yeah. I don't know. I guess it was, people thought it was between five and 10,000. Yeah, that's what I would have, that's where I would have gone. Um, it was bigger this but, year. It was more spread out this year. Yeah. The route was, you yeah. know, going around the old market was a little, uh, yeah. it was a little more spread out. I didn't notice, I didn't notice any major gaps because uh, it, people packed it in. I mean, there were a lot of people there. So I think we slowed the parade down fundamentally quite a bit because I think we were the first to hand out candy. So we were handing out candy and then we did the accordion thing yeah, back the and forth around the corner. Far. They got far. 
And then we had the freedom truck behind us and all the little kids with us were having a heyday with all the candy. And then I, of course, did not prep enough candy. So we were out of candy by the first block. Learning um, opportunity, Adam. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know what we should do is maybe promote that, that it's the largest candy giveaway and make it up 10 states. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Maybe there's a hook here I'm, we're not seeing. There is. On, on the way home, my wife said that I need to get a 55-gallon drum of candy and then I might have enough. <laughs> So <laughs> we're working on sponsorship opportunities right now. <laughs> so Bill, if anybody wants to connect with Patriotic Productions, how would they do that? How how do they reach out and uh, work with you guys if they're so interested? Patriotic Productions, plural, patrioticproductions.org. And my phone number is 402-612-0210. 612-0210. And, um, yeah, that's our whole mission is remembering the fallen and promote patriotism. So what's in store next for the remaining part of the calendar year for you guys? Do you have any uh, other events? No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Haven't, uh, haven't thought about anything. Just keep working and remembering our fall. I'm constantly trying to book it because a lot of communities think about when they want to honor veterans, they always think, first of all, the Vietnam walls, which I get, which mm -hmm. I understand because they've been around so long. But mm -hmm. I think it's important that Iraq, Afghanistan fallen should be recognized. And so people don't know about ours. We do a lot of mailings, postcards all over to fairs and chambers of commerce and casinos and whatever we can do to try to get the word out uh, to keep it, keep it booked. And so, cause we, think it's important for people to see it. Yeah, absolutely. What would you do this morning, Bill? Talk to us about the dedication this morning. Well, one of the one of the fallen on the way out of Afghanistan, um, sad, sad situation was Corporal Dagan Page, a Marine, uh, who died on that exit from Afghanistan. And and so when his body came home, what month was that, Adam? Uh September, September. twenty one. Um, it was the most unbelievable thing. And then this morning they dedicated the street in front of his mom's house and which was a neat deal. And I had the honor of being the, being the speaker for it. So yeah, it was neat. Yeah. Big crowd. There was probably, oh, 200, 250. We greatly appreciate the work Patriotic Productions that you do and Yvonne does. Uh, we've partnered together for a couple of years now on that parade and we, uh, hopefully look forward to many more years to come with supporting the good work that you guys do in the community. So thank, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me in. Absolutely. Bill, thanks for coming out today. Greg, thanks for being here as well. And we are uh, done for today. We're excited to see everyone tune in for the next one. Thank you, Warner. Drive safe.